Agrifters, welcome back to the Leverage 10 podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Dobson, and today I'm joined by executive producers and co-creators of Leverage, John Rogers and Chris Downey. And welcome back to Chris, and I'm glad you could be here today as Thank we're, we're, actually to dis- we're actually discussing the episode you wrote, 506, the D.B. Cooper job, which is Leverage's second period piece so far. Um, mm-hmm. So we've collected our fan questions from Twitter and Facebook, so are you guys ready for the first question? Uh, we sure, are. fire away. <laughs> so Foreman asks... Was there any trepidation dealing with the D.B. Cooper story since it's based on an actual FBI case? Uh, I don't know if it's trepidation. I mean, I think it's you need to be you need to you need the audience needs to understand that this is not a documentary. So there's going to be liberties uh, taken with with the real story. You know, like we did with Van Gogh job. That yeah. was that was a real painting. You can, look, we're we're firmly in the position of fictionalizing. Mean, the, the question is, like, since it's based on an FBI case, I, I'm not sure were we worried about being sued or was it legal or were we worried about people being offended? We changed the well. Words, I mean, it, but we, we talked a little bit about well, if DB Cooper came forward to sue us, that would be awesome. Would we be, would be that would be, be awesome. We would have solved the DB Cooper yeah. day, and that so would be like, that would be a clever trick. That would be nicely done. If Welcome. only you had written the Osama bin Laden story yeah. like eight years ago, exactly. everything could have been over a lot faster. Uh, I am here to sue you. Aha! And then, nice. boom, on him. This cane would have just choked him right out. That's We're right. all heroes. That's right. Uh, yeah, look, none, none of the uh, FBI agents or uh, you know, or the stewardess, we didn't use any of the real names. And there's, there's, there's fairly established case law that once something is this popular or this uh, public a story that you're allowed to use it as a basis for fictional okay. or fictional yeah. Well, that actually kind of leads us into our next question, where Kimber asks, is it possible that this version of the story is actually true? And how much did you research the stewardess specifically who spoke to Cooper? Uh, well, Kimber, I guess anything is possible. Um, <laughs> not this version, though. Not this version. Uh, it seems unlikely that, um, that uh, Cooper worked for the FBI and uh, pursued the D.B. Cooper case for 40 years, but you never know. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Especially in that sweet stash. Um, I, you know, in terms of researching the stewardess, I mean, there's tons of, uh, of research I did. All, you know, I, I, I didn't speak to the stewardess. It was all, you know, written research. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say one thing about this, the stewardess, and I, I might have mentioned this already, uh, our um, costume designer, Nadine Haters, found a picture of the actual uniforms that the stewardesses wore on the plane and used that as the basis for the uh, stewardess uniform. So those are accurate. She really went out of her way to yeah. do that. And that, and I never in my ma- wildest and, dreams and thought I, that would happen. I would say America thanks her. And America does thank her. <laughs> because there was an awful lot of the first time Beth showed up in that outfit where all, she's like, how do I look? And we're like, have 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 it. Oh, those boots, come on. The boots, the boots yeah. alone. I got myself a pair of those. <laughs> wow, a man can't have a, sure. some white, white, some, some white vinyl go-go boots and just feel, feel a little attractive during the day. Every now and then. Right in them. What's the next one? Uh, well, talking about um, research, Bex asks, how much fun did the cast have in getting to try out these different roles, and did they have to do any research? Um, you know, it was interesting in terms of the research they did. I know that a, cu- a couple of weeks earlier, we had Treat Williams on the show, and Treat Williams played D.B. Cooper in The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper, a movie, I think, or, or mid-'80s, I think. Yeah. And I know that Christian spent a lot of time talking with him about how he mm-hmm. played D.B. Cooper. Um, Mark Roskin, our director on this episode, uh, 
you know, dug into the Cooper stuff just like I did, and he just did, and I'll take it my opportunity to talk about what an amazing job he did uh, in directing this episode, um, from the look to the, you know, paring the story down. I mean, the story was fairly epic in its, yeah. in its early, <laughs> in the early versions. The early, of it. the early drafts. The early drafts, there was a lot of scenes that didn't make it, and Mark, uh, was an, an incredible partner for me in focusing the story down to to what it should be, um, and as I said, he did a ton of research. I, I I believe I sent him the box set of the Streets of San Francisco, yes, which is a famous uh, well, he, '70s cop show. He, he went back in particular and tried to really match camera looks and uh, yes. in the montage scene and everything. Really, really tried to make sure that he was hitting. I mean, this is not easy. He's directing an episode of Leverage. He's directing the modern day episode of Leverage. He still has to tell the story in the back stuff and he's trying to match it visually to how they shot those Paramount crime dramas of the 70s. I mean, it's really a fantastic piece of work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we did we did some of the things. What is the one of them was the snap zoom? Is that snap what zoom? Called? I was at, yeah, that was uh, I was up for that. You were we up did for that. that. We did the snap zoom back to when uh, to reveal Nate with the mm-hmm. past Nate with the gun. Freeze, FBI. Right. That's just something we don't do anymore. Right, right, you right. Know? right. Um, the slow mo, the, the the montage. It was just it, look. It it, it is it is uh, a, there's not a lot of TV shows where you get to go. Okay, that is a coherent artistic vision and direction. Yeah. Um, and Mark Roskin for this episode, and most of his episodes, but this one is, is responsible for a coherent artistic vision. Yep. Well, and talking a little bit about shooting, I kind of want to know what was it like shooting on a plane? How did I mean? How did you shoot those scenes? <laughs> that was that was that, well. That's that's an interesting story. Uh, it, it was very challenging. The interesting thing about that is that we originally scouted that plane. Is a that plane is a fuse? It's not a set. It's the fuselage of a 1970s slash 80s era jet. And uh, the place we went to go look at it was Evergreen Aviation. And we went on a, a scouting trip, my, uh, myself, Dean Devlin, and Rachel Olshan, another uh, EP on the show, back in November. And I'm there to look at this plane to see if we could shoot in it. And Dean's eyes went over up, up, up <laughs> as I tracked them to the Spruce Goose. And the look of childlike wonder on Dean's face when he saw the Spruce Goose. So, so basically, in scouting this fuselage, we the, ended the up season with two, opener we ended born, up with, yeah. two, with two episodes. And what's great is it's not a set, so it's not built to be shot in. It's the real fuselage. It's a real they plane. They have like cut a plane in half. Yeah. It, uh, it was very challenging because you we, we couldn't pull walls out. I mean, the, uh, you know, um, uh, Gary Camp, our camera operator, really had to find ways. Uh, and Mark, again, Mark Roskin, we had to find ways to... to place the seat so that we could fit the camera in there. It was very, very challenging. I also say it was pretty amazing, uh, Randall Groves, who yes. we were going to fake the the bail out the side. We were going to have him jump out the sides of yes. the back because jumping out the back is accurate. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And Randall Groves said, no, no, I can do that. And he lifted the fuselage for the plane. He built a set where the fuselage of yeah. the plane was elevated by like 15, 20 feet yep. so that we could then build a fake rear stairwell on that that Christian could then really leap out of. <laughs> Uh, that stunt where Christian, the, the way that jump is done is there's a wind machine going. Christian has got a yank line on him, and he just jumps backwards out of a 20-foot fall, and then a bunch of guys just pull him as hard as they can to yeah. make the, it look like the wind has snapped them away. Yeah. And so the first, and it's all green screen behind him. So that him, and the first time he, he hits the, the stairs, and then the second time he just misses the pads. He missed the And pads. it just hits the cement from like 20 yeah. feet up. And we all go running over. He's like, no, I'm good. Go it again. And yeah. so 
So that's the one we use. But it's that is that is the equivalent of getting snatched by the wind at yeah. ten thousand feet yeah. is jumping backwards out of a twenty foot plane and, and getting pulled by like teamsters. Yeah. Okay. Or grab saxon, different yeah. union. Don't confuse the two. <laughs> well moving on, Donna MK sixty four asks, is the Oliver Schmidt Ponzi scheme story coming up in a future show or is it an off show story? And who exactly is he? Uh, it could be part of the animated series. The animated series and one of the novels. That <laughs> was just leverage, an off story. That was an off story. Uh, it's it's. I guess it, it'll it'll be a. Uh, it's up there available for our novel writers <laughs> to, uh, to go grab. Uh, yeah. You know, possibly could could work its way in in future seasons. Never know. You never know. Never know. Look, Tim. It's um, Tom Skerritt's character was yep. born out of a look at a stool. It's true. Yeah, you never That's know right. when an offhand reference is going to give birth to a character. Well, then talking specifically about things that happen in this episode, Damaged Heart asks, you guys rocked the 70s. I was wondering in regards to the Nate-Sophie end scene, it seemed like Nate was giving Sophie a clue about his plans. Was he? Yep. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was tossing you the ball. No, that's the, we don't, that's we don't all talk you, about that that's stuff. All that's, that's all you need that's to know. That's all you need to know. So then Una asks... Yeah, what I love, Kayla, is you've seen the finale, but you still managed to <laughs> verbalize the frustration of the fans. Well, I, you know, I... I this Don't tell them she's seen the finale. They're going to hound her now. Yeah, yeah. thanks. A, Twitter stalker is now. <laughs> so moving on, Una asks, does Sophie still romanticize Nate even a little? Her view of what it meant to be Odysseus seemed pretty positive. Yeah, yeah she, she did, but, you know, it's interesting. I saw some of the comments on uh, John's blog on Kung Fu Monkey. Somebody pointed out that, you know, Odysseus is a hero in kind of the Greek sense, but not necessarily a hero the way we think about him. I mean, he was, he was a rageful, full of hubris. There's a lot of things about him that are not so nice that also apply to, to Nate. Nate. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was a really good observation. She, she frames it positively in her comment to him, but... You know, it, it encompasses a lot. I think she's trying to talk him up a little. She could tell he was a little rattled by this yeah. one, a little down. So she's like, hey, you know, right. you're like the good parts of Odysseus. Right. <laughs> the good right. Yeah. Uh, so then moving on to our other characters, uh, Elliot Cat asks, how many times did Christian Kane have to do the hood slide? Oh, <laughs> he did it twice. I mean, and it's amazing. It? I believe that's it. And, and timed and, it to the car pulling in. That's uh, what's well, crazy. The and, and again, like... That was Tim actually driving. Um, it came really close to hitting him. Uh, it actually came really close to hitting the stunt guy that was ahead, and then also Christian. Um, and I will say that when we finished that that the take that we that we uh, you know that we used that that perfectly timed take that we then watched in slow mo on the monitors, and and it was we were done. It was like cut. We're moving on that Christian was visibly bereft. <laughs> the fact that we didn't get to do that again yeah. was just heartbreaking. The, the, man, the man loves to just vault or over or around moving vehicles. It really is kind of like a hobby for I him. I mean, just... and we were all like that. I mean, yeah. who, who you know, hasn't uh, you know, run around their backyard pretending they were Starsky and Hutch? Starsky and Hutch, I mean, absolutely. it's a really childlike moment that people do. Actually, I pretend to be Ellery Queen. I just, <laughs> I just watched other kids run around with and then I, I brilliantly deduced with my hat. What was going on? Yeah. Like, why are you chasing Billy? Joey is plainly the murderer, as you can see by the fact he left his orange juice on the table. And then I would reconstruct the whole thing. And, you know. A little bit of a different childhood. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
Well, in talking about the stunts, Donna wants to know, did John Rogers know Christian Kane's stunts involved running on the edge of a four-story building no. and a hood slide uh, and no, apparently no. flying out of a tell plane? Me. It'll tell yeah, me. No, I was there and I didn't really know. <laughs> I was like, where is he? And then I looked up. Was he running on the edge of a roof? Why did we boots? let him do that? In like slick bottom seventies boots. boots on the roof. It was right on no, the edge of the roof. I just I I was up there for the plane though, and I was, but I was shooting. Um, yeah. Why the hell was up there? I was shooting second unit. Yeah. So there, and so I swung by the set, uh, and then I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, we're setting up to jump out of the plane. Oh, look, there's the pads. That makes me happy. Who are those six burly men attached to that yank yeah. that yank line? Oh, god damn it. Christian knows now to. to to, the, to, it's a need-to-know basis <laughs> for us. First really, stunts. like keeps it yeah. uh, keep close to the vest. So, there's a new ulcer formed every time he has a different stunt. You know what? I'm yeah. I'm I've got learned helplessness now. I'm like a beaten <laughs> I'm a beaten dog. Yeah. Well, then moving on, uh, Linda Share asks: Is McSweeten finally over his crush on Parker, or was he just too distraught over his father's illness to pine over her? I think he's distraught. You? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. Um, their relationship. I think he knows that she's got a, a boyfriend, and I think he's a he's an honorable stand-up guy, and I think he's able to move you know move on and go forward as friends. Um, I, I, that's how I interpreted it. I'm trying I to think of like a cute FBI agent we've shown that we could say he paired up with, so everyone's happy with him. I know. We I, should, I guess we should look. We should, we'll look. We'll try to make we'll it canon and, that we'll, he wound up with somebody you like. Yeah, yeah. we'll try and find that. Uh, but I, you know, I think it's. Um, it, it, I, I don't look for a uh, McSweeten Hardison love triangle. No, no. Too bad. No, <laughs> Unless I but go to the go to the go to the web, people. You'll find your McSweeten Hardison, yeah. and possibly McSweeten Hardison Elliot love triangle. Oh, Parker God. might not even be in there. Yeah. Just uh, you'll get quadrangles. Just you know, go out there. It's, it's out there, folks. The fan base for it. So another uh, McSweeten question. Sarah J asks, who came up with the tally ho finger signals that Todd did with his father through the episode Past and Present? Uh, I came up with that. It was a kind of a late draft of the script. I felt like you know we don't see them together much in the in the show. There's just so much uh, space in the episode devoted to the case that I wanted to give them a small father son uh, gesture that was specific to them, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was I, I, you know I, don't know, I always like the word tally ho I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it was nothing. It was, it was uh, you know, there was nothing personal to it. It was just I felt like they needed a little something. Well, it's, it's very kind of it's kind of perfectly what a very square dude yes, the seventies would exactly. do. It's kind of it's, it really was a, a nice touch. You do nice father son stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, that kind of wraps it up for our, our main ten. Do you guys have some time for our bonus yes, questions? Well, we always, have bonus bonus rounds, always time sure. for bonus questions. So Don Bonnie asks, can you please dress Kane like DB Cooper every week? If if we would let him, Kane would dress like DB Cooper every week. Seriously, man, we could barely get him out of that wardrobe. It was just it was bereft. Bereft. The bereft. I wouldn't use that we to could, describe we Christian Kane very often, but when we get, finished that, get him out of like, that right, jacket. We're done with the '70s stuff. He just he was crushed. Bit. And then uh, and getting Tim out of that mustache. Yeah, was, uh, yeah came yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. jacket and Tim out of the mustache was the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So the mustache doesn't pop up again. The mustache does not pop up again. Sadly. Uh, and our next question comes from Nyko, who asks, if we don't get a season six, we do get a Hutton Kane, Starsky, and Hutch 70s cop show, yes? Uh, that, you would direct your emails and postcards to the folks at TNT. absolutely. You know, I'd say... I, I would say... Do you want to send fake mustache, like a truckload of no, fake mustaches? Don't, don't do the thing where we send stuff. That just... Uh, I think a truckload of fake mustaches <laughs> arriving on the desk of Michael Wright would, would really get his attention. That, it would, would. It would get his attention. <laughs> 
He'd, he'd say, who, who, who got people to send me a truckload of fake mustaches, he would ask. And then that way that trail would what? lead directly back no. to us. Oh, come on. That is, um, I'll tell you what, watching the, 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 the 70s shows as research for this, watching um, Streets of San Francisco and Starsky and Hutch, um, it, it was fun to see we don't really do that anymore. Yeah. Like, it is, it is bromantic as hell. Um, Starsky and Hutch hug a lot. They, I mean, yeah. they, are just, they are just all over each other. It was like the height of the 70s tough guy, sensitive guy. You're right, it's true. It's <laughs> and uh, Streets of San Francisco, there was a lot of action. And Carl Malden kicked a lot of ass in that show. I mean, yeah. that was, I, I got to say, we don't, it's kind of, a, you know, it's kind of the equivalent right now? Strike Back. Strike uh, Back. Strike Back. Oh, <laughs> strike you, you, found, the, you found a way to put a Strike Back. Strike Back is kind of the terrorist fighting, uh, yeah, exploding uh, version of the 70s cop shows. That's why I love yeah. it. I almost don't want to tell our fans they can't download this show from iTunes because it's just Leverage Starsky and Hutch is almost too awesome to Yes, to, I know. It's sad, but you cannot get it. But we can download. I want to remind our fans that we can always download all of your favorite Leverage episodes in the new season off of iTunes after they air, so don't forget that. Um, and well, Grifters, I believe that answers all your questions on this episode, so make sure to listen in next week when we take on episode 507, The Real Fake Card Job. And after the episode airs, be sure to send us your questions either via the Leverage Facebook page or on Twitter with hashtag Leverage10Podcast. Thanks to our guys for being here, and thanks for listening. Don't forget, Grifters, you can download the new Season 5 episodes from iTunes after they air, as well as all your old favorites. And be sure to check out the new Leverage Series Companion eBook, available for download on the iTunes Store.